Hey everybody, David here from the Food Mentor Podcast and today I'm joined by Tima El-Haj, who owns and runs Tima Media and Consultancy. Tima works with purpose-driven CEOs and entrepreneurs to humanise their personal brand, help create a strong sense of purpose and then turn this into amazing, engaging content that'll help get you noticed. Tima herself is one of the most connected people I know on LinkedIn with over 120,000 followers. So today we chat through all of this to understand how we can apply this to our wonderful food industry. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Food Mentor Podcast. This episode of the Food Mentor Podcast is brought to you by Solomon's Gold Chocolate, Australia's only single origin, social enterprise, free from and plant-based chocolate brand. Available in 55 and 85 gram bars, as well as chocolate pieces, cacao nibs and chocolate buttons for the manufacturing industry. Hey everybody, David here again from the Food Mentor Podcast and I'm delighted today to be joined by Tima El-Haj. Tima runs her own company, Tima Media and Consulting and would have to be the most knowledgeable person I know when it comes to personal brand, purpose and uh, and subsequent social media uh, content. Tima helps purpose-driven CEOs and entrepreneurs to humanise their personal brands amongst many other things. And amazingly, Tima has over 120,000 followers on LinkedIn, which I find quite staggering. And Tima would have to be the most, uh, enjoy the most engagement on LinkedIn out of anyone I know. And I, I thought I was reasonably well connected. So welcome, Tima. Thank you, David. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Fabulous to have you in the studio. And we are sort of really colour coordinated today too. <laughs> the amazing <laughs> yellow yellow and turquoise. Completely coincident. <laughs> Let's uh, kick off with, uh, you've got a great story in, in particular, your sort of journey over the last five or six years since around 2017, 2018. Let's, um, let's chat through that little story. So I was in the financial planning industry. Do you want me to go all the way back? Do, as long as you like. There's no, one, no time limit. <laughs> I was in the financial planning industry for a very long time, uh, for about 16 plus years. And I had my own practice within a practice uh, towards the last five years of my time as a financial planner. I specialised in business succession planning, so I helped companies do uh, things like key person, <clears throat> key person, and if uh, if something was to happen to the owner of the organisation, like what would happen to the company, who would take over the company, L- lots of strategic work. It's something I actually really, really love doing, but. Uh, Around 2017, I, I I wanted to leave the industry. Even though I loved it, I just felt like there was something a lot bigger and better for me out there. But it took me about a whole year to make that decision. And then I left the industry altogether in May of 2018. And that was when I sold my practice to start a podcast. That was really one of the bigger reasons as to why I left the industry. I really wanted to go all in on my podcast and I had this you know, this crazy dream of making it a huge success. And I I thought to myself, I have to like focus on this one thing. And that's exactly what I did. So I left financial planning, sold my business, set up my podcast, and I had a program that I had created for C-suite executives uh, on how they can create a new purpose in their life 
And that was going to be the product that was going to help generate a new income for me. So I went on to LinkedIn because I didn't think I was cute enough to be on Instagram, didn't think I was young enough to be on Instagram. (laughs) And at the time, Instagram was a very different platform. Mm. So, But LinkedIn just suited my personality. It just suited just the way I communicate and all those sorts of things. So I thought I'll just... I'll just try LinkedIn and see what happens. But I had no plans to grow my profile in the way that it has. I just wanted to go on there uh, and be known for something other than as Tima, the financial planner. And so I thought I had to talk about something a little bit different other than, well, not that I've really posted anything before, but, you know, LinkedIn was different back then too. It was was still a bit like a resume Mm. platform. And so I came onto LinkedIn and started to create content. And uh, the most amazing thing happened within the first two to three months, my, my following or my, yeah, my following grew from about 500 to just under 30,000 within three months. Uh, I had companies watching what I was doing and they reached out to me and said, look, we love what you're doing. Can you come in and show us what you're doing? These were like large, large companies mm. in Australia, companies I would never have dreamed of working with. And uh, and they were the key decision makers that reached out to me. I had nothing to sell to them, but I said, sure, no problem. I'll come in and see you. And then uh, I walked away from, I had two meetings. So I walked away from those meetings thinking, okay, there's a huge gap in the market here. This is now my new company. This will be the new thing that I'll be focusing on, which was uh, personal branding for corporates and helping companies build personal brands on LinkedIn. So that's really how it all started. Amazing. Yeah. What an amazing story. And I personally love and I do understand um, <clears throat> the the personal brand or utilising your personal brand, obviously, is, is part of what I do. And I, I enjoy that as well. <clears throat> but to anyone listening or say to anyone listening, for the food industry people listening to us now, there is a massive misunderstanding and I think um, a fear definitely of, uh, of, of utilising your personal brand, you know, to benefit your food and food and beverage or FMCG product and brand. I noticed, um, you know, some people do, but the va- absolute vast majority don't because I, I think, and you might be able to validate this, is certainly an element of fear, as I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not, good enough and not the right shape, size, et cetera. But, you know, my, my personal view is that that is absolutely irrelevant. And I think even from what I've seen, there's a lot of evidence that social media content that includes human faces, Timo, is, um, is absolutely what consumers engage with. Absolutely. I mean, that's how you get to know someone is through their face. And I do understand that some people are very scared. Actually, most people are very scared. Even with, we work with some of the most highly sought after CEOs globally, and even they're scared to actually create a brand on on social media or even LinkedIn for that matter. And what really scares people is just the fear of what people are going to say about them and how they'll be perceived. Mm. And, and it's so interesting because once you actually understand why you're actually creating this brand in the first place, it does ease some of those fears because those fears are very much egocentric, like how we think about ourselves, how we view yeah. ourselves. But if you have, and I know we'll talk about purpose, mm. when you have a bigger mission and a bigger purpose, all those fears tend to dissolve because Mm. it's not about you anymore. It's actually about something else, something that is so much greater than you. And I had my fears when I first started my brand, a lot of fears. And even as a female, we kind of touched on this earlier, 
You know, what are people going to think about me when they see me? Um, they're going to judge the way I look. They're going to judge uh, my age. They're going to judge the way I speak, you know, how I show up physically, all those sorts of things. And that sounds crazy maybe to you because you're a man, but to a female we get really, you know, yeah. we're scrutinised by the way we look. And so when I started to create content, I I kept saying to myself, team, get over yourself. Mm. Team, get over yourself because what you're actually doing is so much greater than your own existence that mm. your own insecurities don't really matter. Because mm. in the grand scheme of things, the amount of people that you're going to help mm. and really change people's lives through your brand is uh, just going to uh, mean so much more than your own fears. And eventually you do get over them to some degree, but you just build skills around that. And uh, and now I just see it as part of my business model. So, hundred percent. I remember quite the the piece you just mentioned about overcoming fear. I, I can personally relate to that. I remember um, when I sort of well, I didn't know I had at the time finished in the corporate world. So around around two thousand and fifteen, sixteen, I was actually terrified to comment on someone else's post. Oh, were you? Let alone let alone uh, you know an image or a video of my own mugshot, which I've obviously morphed into. So you absolutely. Uh, you absolutely can uh, overcome those fears 100%. I've seen um, corporately big organisations too that spring to mind, um, the chap from Deloitte's, I think it's from Deloitte's, and also uh, Mondelez, the CEO of big international companies, mm-hmm. you know, get on get on and say their piece and get their face out there, which, you know, for really large FMCG or any organisation, but in this instance, large FMCG organisations is hugely, hugely beneficial. Um, And I mentioned a a couple of stories earlier on about a couple of clients I've been working with and I'm still working with who who are developing brands and around a specific region of the world and just adamant that there's no way known I'm going to attach my face to the brand and, you know, to me, it's like hearing. I, I don't want to market my brand. To me, to me, it's the same thing. So, if someone, um, what kind of advice would you give to someone who is really sort of grappling with, um, you know, the benefit of involving your human face in within your brand, Tima? It's a really good question because I do understand why. If there's a strategic reason for that, some people don't want to be the face behind the brand because they have a plan to sell their company in the future. And so that if their personal brand is so tied up in that company, then it may potentially impact the sale of of the the company. And I do understand there are ways around that. But if you think of people like Elon Musk, I mean, (laughs) he's a great example, isn't he? So there are so many people that don't, that didn't know Tesla but they do now because of Elon Musk. And the majority of people in the world, I, w- I would think, know what Elon Musk is trying to achieve in terms of his endeavours when it comes to, um, you know, uh, civilization on Mars and all these, like, crazy dreams that he's, he's got uh, and he talks a lot about. We wouldn't know that if he wasn't willing to put himself out there. And yeah. he's actually a bit of an introvert when you think about it. He's a bit of a nerd. So, yeah. And I love nerds, by the way. When I say nerds, <laughs> I mean it in a positive way. Uh, he doesn't really share much about him personally, but mm. he just talks a lot about the missions and the goals that he's really trying to achieve globally. Mm. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I just think like somebody like Elon Musk, if he's willing to do that and imagine if he didn't do that, maybe mm. Tesla wouldn't be where it is mm. today. Maybe people wouldn't be uh, bought into that whole concept of the electrification of vehicles it's as true. well. So so you can really uh, help people 
and it can become a bit of a magnet. It just attracts them to your mission and everything else that you're trying to achieve because they buy into whatever it is that you're trying to do mm. and they believe in your values and they believe what you stand for. Mm. And and there's that beautiful alignment and, that, and that's a really, really wonderful way to connect with human beings. It's true, it's true. So with um, food and beverage businesses and the brand owners, I'm talking now more of the sort of small to medium enterprises and even, even the startup scene, you know, people that are terrified to even post on LinkedIn, for example, because I, I think the stats on LinkedIn of people on LinkedIn versus the people that actual post is amazing. It's like less than 5%, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So what? It's less what, than 1%, actually. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought I'd round it up to 5 but 1%. <laughs> that is incredible. So, you know, obviously a chunk of those people, no way known, they're even thinking about posting themselves on LinkedIn in a video or even, even images. So in terms of like baby steps for some of these you know, brands that are terrified, what would be the advice in terms of how do you how do you actually get, what's the best way to get started? That's a really good question. <laughs> so what is the best way to get started? So, you know, I'm all about the mission, the why, the purpose. First of all, before you even create any content, just think about what is it that you're actually trying to achieve? That's good. And go back to, you know, why did you set up this business in the first place? Mm-hmm. Why do you have this company in the first place? And keep asking yourself the question, why? So why, what is your mission? What is your purpose? Mm. And that's a really big question. Believe it or not, David, so many people actually forget why mm. they set up their company in the first place, regardless of what industry you're in. Mm. This is actually one of the very first questions that I ask my clients. And, uh, and you'll be surprised that uh, they feel disconnected. They mm. don't remember it. They don't really understand why because they get so caught up in the running of the business and the bottom line of the business and, you know, managing the staff and the marketing and the, all, all those sorts of things. So ask yourself, what is your purpose? What is your mission? And when you answer that question, ask yourself again, why, why does this matter so much to me? Mm. And then mm. again, why sounds crazy, but I promise you, yeah. it will get a lot, give you a lot of clarity. No, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And the reason why I get people to answer that question is because your the heart and core of your content comes from that place. Mm. Mm. That's your compass. That's your guiding light because that is the one thing that you need to keep repeating over and over again, ten thousand different ways. Mm. And that's why I ask people to start off with that question. Yeah. So that's your starting point. And then once you know what that what that purpose and that mission is and you've articulated that really, really well, the next step is to look at what you want your personal brand to look and feel like. Mm. And that shouldn't be any different to who you are. Mm. It's actually an extension of who you are in the real world and actually infusing that in the digital world. Mm. So it's the same kind of thing, David, like when people meet you in real life, mm. whatever that feeling is should be the same feeling that people have when they look at your content. Authenticity. Authenticity. Exactly. Such an overused uh, word, isn't it, right? <laughs> like true. the word journey and authenticity and all those sorts of things. But it, it, it's a very important word, definitely. So look at well, what are those things that you want people to think and feel when they uh, actually interact with you online. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily mean interacting as in through direct messages or anything like that, but when they're watching your content or reading your content, what is that that feeling you want them to instill? Mm. What is that underlying message? Mm. And I know that sounds a little bit deep when it comes mm. to, say, you know, the hospitality industry, but it is. It's, it mm. should be a deep thing. It should be something yeah. that – 
at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is you're trying to connect one human yeah. with another human. Yeah. So it really should be that deep. That's no, interesting. And for sure. so, yeah, so that that's um the second part. And then the third part is to look at what are your content pillars? What are those four talking points that you can actually talk about consistently that are relatable to your industry, your business, and also your mission? Mm. And so underneath each one, break down uh, the main talking point uh, into, say, four other subheadings mm. and then break them even down even further to another four subheadings. Mm. And before you know it, you've got like two months' worth of content. Yeah. So that's just, uh, I know I've probably gone a little bit on <laughs> in that question, but I really wanted to give people something that they can actually apply yeah. on their own. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, if I cast my mind back to, well, while you were talking there, I think I didn't have, really have a, um, a strong sort of, um, you know, purpose or reason for starting to post on LinkedIn. But as time rolled on that became very clear and for for me personally it was around you know trying to articulate that are you the you know the center of expertise in this food industry you're involved in a lot of a lot of different worlds of the food industry with a lot of great stories for people to learn from and and help sort of evolve the industry um and yeah well in an authentic manner so i sort Mm -hmm. of what I put out there is what I would say to someone over a coffee or someone that you bumped into a street into into uh, in the street. So you know, authenticity is is really key, and you know, also being inauthentic is is really um yeah really uh, a, 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 prob- a prob- problematic. It just steers you away. I mean, the the great thing about your content, David, is that we know what you do. Mm. Like people go to your profile and they don't have to try and figure out like. You know, you don't see any pictures of, um, say, uh, for example, like going to a wedding or like cat, <laughs> cat videos. And I know we get it, we all love animals, but <laughs> it's all very focused on your industry. Mm. And that's how it should be. And that's what I say to people because LinkedIn, why not keep mm. it business focused? Mm. You don't have to sit there and talk about family and personal yeah. things. Just keep it business focused. Political. Or political, which there's a lot of political things going on at yeah, the moment. Indeed. But yeah, so, uh, but the political aspect, it may work too mm. if they're known to be quite vocal about certain things and they've got that influence too. But yeah, your your profile, at least people know what, what you do. Yeah. And, and that's the great thing. Narrow, narrow, deep focus wins the race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so back on um, the purpose component. So in the, yeah. in the food industry, when we talk about purpose, we talk primarily around, you know, doing the right thing by people and the planet, which obviously... Um, your version of purpose is is um, also, but you got another spin on the on the word purpose, which you were talking about the word why. You know, really sort of asking yourself why am I actually doing this is a is a great is a great additional lens to the word purpose. Yeah, that's right. And and the purpose piece is uh, obviously it is a little bit different to the purpose that 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 you're talking about. This is uh, in in another way to connect humans together. So. It really has to be a lot bigger than who you are. So if someone says to me, like, let's say I'm working with, um, well, yeah, this happens actually where people say to me they want to work with me and they want to create content on LinkedIn and then I ask them why and they say, I just want to be famous. Well, if that's the purpose, then we're not we're not coming from a place of intention. So there has to be an intentionality behind things. So the reason why, uh, so so your question was what like what what is purpose? So I think I've kind for of you, like, yeah, f- yeah, for me. So it really is more about, and I mentioned it earlier, mm. is it's a it's a cause that is greater than your own existence. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really why purpose is so special. And that's where the why comes in because the why 
again, is, is a compass around that underlying factor and the underlying message that you want people to feel. So even though the content that I produce is very uh, intentional and very strategic and those sorts of things, there's an underlying factor of there's a there's always that feeling of hope and that's actually part of my personal purpose and and I always try and instill that within my content. So that's really what I want people to f- walk away from and, and actually get them to think and go, okay, there's a different way to do something. Mm. It doesn't have to be just this one way. Mm. So so that, that, that that's why purpose is so important for no, me. That's great. I love that. And obviously we've spoken a lot about LinkedIn. The other digital platforms, you as active on those platforms, Tima? I, I am active on Instagram and yeah. LinkedIn and I and I am actually currently in the process of uh, setting up a, a whole YouTube channel, which I really do, but I'm not active on there yet, yeah. but I will be doing that. Sounds, so. sounds, sounds the same as us. Um, yes. So we've chatted about personal brand. Yes. We've chatted a bit about purpose. So obviously if you're doing both of these things brilliantly, then there's a pe- the last piece in the jigsaw puzzle is, you know, the, your content and the quality of your content and the how interesting your content is and how engaging it is. And then obviously that enables you to build an audience on all, on all of the platforms. So we were um, chatting about earlier on um, around the content. The majority of the content that we see on Instagram, for example, is, is in the food industry is, is so boring. It's almost like everyone said, well, I really like what everyone's doing. I'm going to do exactly the same. <clears throat> and in our industry, as with any industry, one of the most important things is to differentiate in as many areas as possible, especially this area of digital marketing. So coming back to the question around, you know, in, a, in, a, in our game, you know, if someone was really looking for help with obviously these first two pieces first and then how that would form into a, a new world of content, what would you be suggesting to some of our food and beverage community there, Tima? That's a good question. So first of all, hopefully they're, <laughs> they're, open, they're open to being the brand, like having mm. a personal brand. That's the first first point of 100%. And uh, and then looking at like what is their story? Like my story isn't it, to me. It doesn't really seem that amazing, but to people, a lot of people find that quite inspiring. That I've moved away from financial planning, which I know my parents are still devastated. I'm sorry, <laughs> mum and dad, I love you because <laughs> I loved introducing me as you know the senior financial planner. Uh, so cute. I love my parents. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like you have to have that will and that ability to want to put yourself out there. What is your story? Like, what what is it that you're actually trying to achieve within within your? Within, mm. It's not just food. Like, mm. it's beyond that. It For has sure. to be beyond that. And I'm sure mm. being in this industry is quite hard. Hundred percent. Your industry. It's not easy. Very competitive. Uh, very competitive, and lots of companies, you know, yep. eventually fail and close up and mm. just kind of leave and move on. But what will differentiate them is their values. So mm-hmm. really understand what are your values, what is your story, and people want to know more uh, than just your product mm. and whatever it is that you're serving people and customers. So what is it that's going to set you apart from everyone else? And that will be your story. Mm. That will be you. That will be the person behind the brand. Mm. That will be even talking about things like as crazy as this, as this sounds, but like family values. Mm. Your company might be based on a, you might have this one particular recipe. This might be a silly example you tell me, David, but it could be like a family recipe that's, you know, brought down from many, many generations. Mm. But there's this like this one particular ingredient that means so much to 
the person originally made this recipe, like what's the story behind that? Mm. Th- those things are unforgettable. Yeah, and, and those are the things that I, I believe will really help the industry because a bit like real estate agents, we get it, you sell property, but do I like you? Mm. Do I trust you? Will mm. you have my back if something goes wrong? Same thing with food. Like do I trust you? Do I trust that you're if, – if you are a good quality person and I believe in everything you say, then I know that the product I'm going to purchase from you is going to be an incredible experience for me. It's so true and um, I've done a, a little bit of experimenting this year with my Ayla, who's my three-year-old. This is, I'm not suggesting we should all use our <laughs> children's pawns, but, you know, one, uh, I think we were walking off the beach at, at Coogee in Sydney and um, I think I said something like, you know, this is my, my best my best friend of all time and, um, yeah, just, you know, little things that are authentic and it's actually true. Um, the engagement was off the charts. So I'm not suggesting everyone to start <laughs> posting images of them, you know, of hugging their children. But, you know, the human, it, it comes back to the human face, right? Yeah. It's really, really key. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and they, they have a little bit of an insight into your life. Now, again, not everybody is comfortable doing that. And that's okay. You don't have to bring your family into it. But if it's something that you're open to doing it mm. and there's um, a beautiful connection to, again, your purpose and your mission, this is why I always go back to it. Mm. it, it the, if you can find a way to link it back to that and always mm. find a reason to talk about whatever it is that you're posting, mm. then it will be meaningful mm. and then people will actually connect even more with mm. your brand and, and your you know your offering and your service. Yeah, amazing. So just a, a bit of a recap and um, it'd be great to understand for everyone listening if they wanted to reach out to you and understand you know, how you could help holistically, what would be the sort of the log- logical sequence of events that you'd, you'd take them through at, at the highest level? So if they wanted to work with me, what would it look like? Yeah. Yeah, so, well, believe it or not, David, most of my clients are actually international. They're in other countries. So um, everything is very virtual. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Uh, everything is virtual. I mean, if they're in Australia, it could potentially look different. But most of my clients, uh, everything is virtual. So we set up a call. Uh, we go through. Let's say you've decided to, we, we've decided to work together. We have a strategy session where we really delve in again to the mission, the purpose, mm-hmm. and the why. That's actually the most important conversation that we have. Mm. And then we really look at your branding. What will that look like? I have a team. We do absolutely everything for our clients. They don't need to do a thing except just show up mm. on our calls. And uh, so we have a strategy session each month. We uh, get on two calls a month, about 45 minutes each. I ask them some questions. Everything's recorded and all the content is produced for them. Amazing. So they don't need to do a thing. They just need to just have a chat with me. <laughs> might, might sign up, Zach, after this. <laughs> so, yeah, so my team is uh, highly trained for content that's going to work on LinkedIn. Yeah, amazing. So from the videos to how we create the videos to how we create the copy, mm. we also engage in our clients' behalf if that's what they want because some people don't want that. Uh, and we help grow their pri- mm. profile in an organic way yeah. that's going to not engage just with their specific audience but strategic alliances with their in- within their industries to help them grow their business as well. 100%. And obviously in our industry the B2B communication is uh, is key, arguably uh, more important than the B B to C community, so that's um, yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. So, uh, Tima, how would people get hold of you if they wanted to have a chat with Tima? Well, just uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn and let me know you've come from this amazing podcast. <laughs> amazing! All right, that's fabulous. I really appreciate your time today. It's been uh, in a really interesting and intriguing chat, and really appreciate your time. Thanks, David. My pleasure. Excellent.